0: This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com. Taking out your Bibles to the book of John we go. We're starting a new series. Today, being in our 21 days of prayer, this whole series is going to be about prayer. And we're, we're calling this series Unstoppable. Can you just say that word with me? Unstoppable. When a church prays, when a family prays, when an individual prays, when prayer is the bedrock of your life, you will be an unstoppable believer. I promise you, nothing can be done or experienced in your walk with God that will supersede your time communing, taking communion with God in prayer. Prayer is the foundation. Can I get a big amen? For all of our families right now, for our families in this 11 o'clock, this is pertinent for you. Most of you have a child, maybe more than one. And if you're a grandparent here today, more than likely in this service, you're pretty active grandparent in helping with your grandchildren. Over the next six to eight weeks, you're going to be making crucial decisions, crucial choices. And the reason why we're about to get into this prayer season is because of this. When school starts back, um, there will be choices made in your home that will bring consequences with those choices. And I just want to—I just want to talk to you for a minute before we get into the Word of God. Uh, the choices of how much, how much extracurricular activity are we going to bite off this year? It's almost every year, most families like mine, we end up biting a little bit more, biting a little bit more. And before you know it, it's biting us. Can I get an amen? So how much are you going to chew off this year? How much are you going to get involved in in the school season? Be mindful. Be cautious. Be aware. Uh, It's okay. Hey, everybody. It's okay to say no sometimes. About two people agree with me. It's okay to say no sometimes. So don't feel, don't get caught up in having to say yes to everything. Uh, I've been on this lately in my own house. I think we went five straight nights with sleepovers. And I've said enough's enough. (laughs) Enough's enough. And those were grown adults from out of town, not even my kids. (laughs) I'm just playing. (laughs) That was funny. Um, you don't have to say yes to everything. And let me help you parents with something. I know I'm going into a big year. I got a 6th grader now, and I just want to I want to share with you what's in my heart. Parents, parents. We're the parents. And we do have a say so in what circles we run with. And 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 I don't want this to rub you wrong. Receive this today steward what God has blessed you with God's blessed us with children become stewards over it they belong to God we're just the managers we're partnering with God to see the miracle of God's best for them we partner with God while he provides the miracle but we're the parents we can we can have a say so in, in 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 what circles we're rolling in and and, you know, because here's why. Here's what's critical. We as parents normally roll in the circles that our kids are rolling in because that's just what we do, right? So, so if our kids are, are, are rolling in a certain circle, next thing you know, we're with parents. And then before you know it, without ever realizing you're doing it, you're, you're finding yourself getting disconnected from, from healthy relationships And you're accidentally, without even knowing what's happening, you find yourself moving into circles and relationships that are wanting to take you further away in your faith than give you deeper roots in your faith. Is this all right, everybody? So, just as we go into this 21 days of prayer, give you something to be praying about. Just consider the new launching of a school year. Uh, Open eyes, open ears, open heart. Be spirit-led. Everybody these days, boy... You're a spirit-filled church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My question is, are you spirit-led? You know, it's one thing to be spirit-filled. Be spirit-led. Allow the Holy Spirit to lead you in these types of things. All right, let's get going because that did not go over too well. Hopefully the sermon will. 1 John 17. I thought it would be neat to take this text on this first Sunday of our prayer month. Most of us pray hoping, believing, trusting that Jesus will answer our prayer. Most of us, that's why we pray, right? Lord, I need a raise. Lord, uh, let my transmission not slip tomorrow. I'm believing in God that you're going to heal that truck. We we pray and we're just believing God to answer our prayer. I thought it would be neat to take a text today that maybe you and I can play a role in answering a prayer that Jesus prayed. So here we go. My prayer, verse number 20 of John 17, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message that all of them may be one. May be one. Just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one there it is again, that they may be one as we are one. I and them, and you and me. Here it is, everybody. Underline this and circle it. May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Today, in our first part of Unstoppable as a series, my message today is Unstoppable unity, unstoppable unity. Have you ever noticed how much energy and time we spend in finding out where we disagree rather than what we agree on? And it starts out as kids, right? I've got two little girls. They come from the same bloodline. Their father, same mother, same father. They're both girls, they're both beautiful, they're both smart. They've got so much in common, but God have mercy, Jesus. They try to spend every waking minute fighting about the things they disagree about. It's like you've got so much going for you and common share, but yet you just want to spend time on what you don't agree with. Anybody else have a kid like that? If you have a kid, raise your hand because you got a kid like that. Kids always will find out what they don't have in common and spend their time on it. But it doesn't stop with just our kids. Somewhere, someone was the first problematic Christian that decided that the group that he was serving Christ with did not do something that he agreed with, so therefore he split off and he created this thing called a denomination. And all of us in this room, especially us in the South, we all get it. There are thousands of Christian denominations and denominations are never started out of something that they have in unity. Denominations are started because they disagreed with someone else. So therefore, they think my way is the only way. So therefore, I'm going to create my own little club. The problem is when they add new people to it, the new people don't agree. So then they have to start another one. And down line, we have a whole bunch of different Christian organizations and denominations that swear that their way is the only way. And how many of you know that the Bible says Jesus himself said that he is the way? In the truth and the life. It's not just in denominations, though. Then you get to local churches. Local churches even have fractions of people in it that choose to uh, see things that are different than the other fraction or group. And this is a true newspaper article that I'm going to read you. This is absolute facts. It's out of the state of Colorado and it's the full gospel temple church there. And This really happened. The problem arose when the board of elders at the full gospel temple budgeted money for a praise banner to hang from the sanctuary ceiling bearing the word hallelujah. Everyone say hallelujah. Or should it have been hallelujah? One faction insisted that the word be spelled with an H, while the other would not budge that it should be spelled with an A. Petitions were drawn up. Rallies were held. Late night threats received by both sides. We're talking about a local church. Hallelujah. Local church. One man, which was a hallelujah supporter, was nearly clobbered by a rock that came through his window late at night and somebody had written on the, wor- on the rock one word, hallelujah, with a capital H. <laughs> Both sides were adamant that since they had all grown up with a particular spelling, that their spelling was the correct spelling. Just out of curiosity, any H hallelujahs in the house, any A hallelujahs in the house, We're going to split this thing right down the middle. This is what it says. Listen to these quotes, everybody. It gets crazy. Church people are crazy. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're a church person and you're crazy. Listen to what it says. Listen to these quotes. It makes such a tremendous difference when you open your eyes in worship and you see it on the banner spelled wrong. It's so jarring to see it without the H at the beginning Nobody should spell that word that way. But y'all, Miss Evelyn Haney at 57 years old took it to a whole nother level. She said to think some people spell this wonderful word with a J in it. It's not something where I question their salvation, but at times you have to wonder. <laughs> the article goes on to say that that one single church now meets in two separate school auditoriums and they both have their own particular banners, one with the H, one without. And this is my last quote, one person said, one person said about worship, it's much better now. <laughs> hey everybody church people are crazy. Don't become a church person. Because church people are just like my two daughters. They try to find out everything that they disagree with everybody else in. And then they go mess up the whole thing. The truth be known, we'll all have disagreements. We'll all want to put an H on the hallelujah. And we'll all want to go with the A. But if we could all just agree today, the reason that Calvary Church is, to my opinion, One of the healthiest churches in our area is because we're just going to move on from all of that and receive the Word of God as the Word of God. And it says that He is the way, the truth, and the life. And we're not going to get caught up in drama, not going to get caught up in problems. How many of you know that we all come from backgrounds that the grace of God and only the grace of God could save us from? I don't care if you're white black, Hispanic, I don't care if you're Asian, I don't care if you're male, female, I don't care, care if you're a southerner or else, I don't care, <laughs> even God can save what's else other than the southerners, even God can, but at the end of the day, how many of you know you're thankful to be at the foot of the cross of Jesus Christ, not seen as how you're different than everybody else, but that you're the same, covered by the blood, the blood of the Lamb, Christ Jesus. Let's clap our hands this morning. Amen. The reason I absolutely love pastor in this church is because I have Catholic friends in this church. I have Methodist friends in this church. I've got Baptist friends in this church. Presbyterian friends in this church. Pentecostal friends in this church. Some things I can't pronounce in this church. And we've all just agreed to leave that in the parking lot. I'll let y'all deal with that at Grandma's house on Sunday after church. But while we're here, what are we? We're Christians saved by the grace of Jesus Christ. I will say this, though. As we're all different in some way or the other, this is what will keep you sane. This is what will keep you healthy. In your attempt to love God and love people and serve God and serve people. Let me give you three things to think about today. If you're interested, these notes are in your app, Calvary FTW. You can see a full sermon outline there. Let me give you these three things to consider. First of all, no matter what you say and no matter what you think, we do have these three things in common. Number one, we all have one enemy. One enemy. One enemy. And your enemy is not the person next to you. Your enemy is not who's in the White House or who's not in the White House. Your enemy is not uh, the church down the street. The enemy is not a family member. The enemy, the Bible said in Ephesians chapter number 6, it's not even people. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. But it's against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in where? Spiritual places, heavenly realms. How many people are spending their prayer time praying against the stronghold of the enemy, and you think his name's Roger or Susie or grandmother or mother in law? That's not your enemy. The enemy is the evil one, Satan. It's a spiritual enemy. So whether or not you're at the church across town or whether or not you're one that's still at home and, and, and watching the televangelist, if you've been blood-bought by Jesus Christ and you have given your life to Jesus, you're now on a team that's going against one single opponent and that's the enemy of all of those that have yet to come to know Jesus. So we all in this 21 days of prayer, we need to start praying this prayer of unity that we link up, join together, partner with one another, that we pray against the spiritual war and the battle that we're in and not the silly things that God's saying, you know, you could probably take care of that yourself. I need a church that's going to pray down the strongholds of the evil one. Somebody say amen. A second thing that we're all connected in together, we're one, we're, we're, we're unified. Whenever you come to give your life to Jesus, you now take on the heartbeat, one heart. The church of the living God has one heart. It's beating. In 1996, uh, my mom and dad uh, actually came and they were with me there. In 1996, I was invited to speak in a very, very large gathering of students. I was in student ministry during those years, and I was standing in front of, oh, I don't know, maybe 10, 12,000 students, and I was speaking on this very topic concerning the organ, the physical heart that lies in the upper left-hand chamber of our torso. It, if it's out of rhythm, if it's a little too quick, or if it's a little too weak and slow, it throws everything off. This heart of ours must beat at the right rhythm for you and I to function properly. And I believe with all my heart that the Lord, when Jesus Christ spoke to Peter that he would build his church and the gates of hell would not prevail against it, he gave it a heartbeat. When he purchased the church with his own blood, when he gave his life and he created this beautiful body called the church, it has a heartbeat, and it's got a rhythm, and it's got a, it's got a pump that works to bring God glory and to be salt and light to a world that's in darkness. So all of us, whether we know it or not, we have one enemy, and we have one single heartbeat, and that is to bring glory to God and to shine His love to other people. And then thirdly and finally, before we kind of make the, the, the corner in this message, before we shift gears, we all have one, and when we'll I say one, one purpose. All around this church campus, and even in churches elsewhere, we are all marching and and preaching and teaching this same purpose, and that is the purpose of the church. And the purpose of the believer, your purpose, everybody, if you want to know your purpose, it's to see people come to know God. I thought my purpose was to sing a solo. No. I thought my purpose was to preach a sermon. No, it's not my purpose either. I might sing a solo. Not me, by the way. You might sing a solo or I might preach a sermon, but it's for the purpose of seeing lost people saved. Everyone that's here today, I woke up this morning with one purpose, and that is to tell you about Jesus. Not to, not to do anything else, but to tell you about the love of Jesus and that you can know him in a relationship that will change your life for eternity. And guess what? That's your purpose. If you're a plumber, if you're a school teacher, if you're a car salesman, if you're a attorney. No matter what, your purpose, we all have one purpose, and that is to help people know God. And then, for this local church, we believe that our purpose then goes into these beautiful things, these beautiful steps of helping people find freedom from their issues, be set free, get freed up from their life's issues and problems. And then help them find out the joy of helping other people know God and making a difference in their communities. So let's make the corner here. Let's turn it and just for the next few minutes, let me talk to you about 21 days of prayer concerning unstoppable unity and how to pray. I believe that when it comes to prayer, we can make decisions while we pray. We can make choices while we pray. And, and I, want to give, I want to give you three things to choose over these next three weeks of prayer. Number one, choose to belong. Choose to belong. Now I'm going to do a little pastoring for a few minutes here. I know so many of you that come to this service at 11 o'clock and you have a tendency to kind of slide in about song number two. And as soon as I start wrapping the message up, you're getting your handbag ready, and, and, and you're checking your time on your phone, and, and one's, one parent saying, I'm going to get the kids, you get the car, and, and you're getting your plans made, and you slide right out. And you come here, but you don't necessarily belong here. And let me talk to you about that. I can look any of you in the eye and tell you that I'm doing my dead level best. I look for ways to love you, to connect to you, to pastor you, to play a role in your life. But I can tell you this much. It is so hard to truly speak blessing and life into somebody's world when, when there's not even a, you know, my buddy down in Houston, his name's Scott, Pastor Scott there at Grace Church. He says, some people just don't have a handle. You ever try to grab a hold of something and there wasn't a handle? You couldn't even grab it? If you'll just give me a handle to be able to grab a hold of you and to be able to pastor you and bless you and speak words of life into you, it would be so much better, but you have to choose, you have to choose to belong there's something special about membership. And I'm not, I'm not talking about necessarily a, a membership to a church particular, but the membership to the body of Christ. I can look all of you in the eye and tell you this I've got enough pastor friends in this area. There are great churches everywhere. I happen to like this one the most. But if it's not a good fit for you, There are great churches all around our area. You definitely, though, need to choose to belong somewhere because church, the local church, will only bless you to the amount that you are connected to it, to the degree that you're connected to it. And if you just slide in and out, it's hard to receive anything from it. Let me let me let me touch a little something going into a school year all you parents that are here today hopefully i make you a little uncomfortable here cuz that's what I'm, my intention is a 13 year old a 12 year old a 16 year old doesn't quite understand what it means to go to about one sunday out of six it creates an inconsistency in a 12-year-old. It creates an inconsistency in a 16-year-old. And then what I hear in return from mom and dad is when things go rough, they say, well, I've been doing my best to try to tell them that they, they need to get connected to the church, but yet they only they only live as, as their models do. So going into this season, 21 days of prayer, I'm going to sincerely ask you to take this as convincing. As a convicting message upon your heart, pray. Don't do it because I'm asking you to. Pray. Go to the Lord and ask God. Sincerely pray to become unified with a local body that you can literally give it your best to where you can receive its best into your heart. Membership. Choose to belong. Let me give you some Bible for it. Let me kind of share this with you out of Ephesians chapter number two, verse 19. You are members of God's very own family and you belong. You belong in the, ho- in the in God's household with every other Christian. You belong here, man. Welcome home. you belong here. When you give your heart to Jesus Christ, you you are absolutely embraced by the local church. So choose. We give you something else to choose. Choose to belong even though your past hurts are real. Choose to belong. Here, I think a lot of times, at least as a senior pastor, I don't know if our youth pastor or children's pastor, whatever, have these types of conversations, but I have them a lot with, with, with parents and established people in, of, of age and professionalism. A lot of people choose not to belong to a church because of a bad past experience. They were hurt by another preacher. They were hurt by my grandmother's church. They were hurt by old ways of doing things. They were hurt by it. They were mistreated. They were kicked out of a club. They were, they were you know. Ladies and gentlemen, look at me. Don't allow yesterday's hurts to stop you from the blessing Of today in your future. Take this to God in prayer and choose, choose to belong and watch what God would do in your life. Secondly, as we move quickly today, learn to share. Now, I'm not talking about sharing your your salsa because I don't like to share my salsa either. I'm talking about sharing your story. Sharing, some of y'all just got, some of y'all right now went, we're going on the border after this. And you ain't going to touch my salsa. Well, I'll I'll fist fight over a bowl of salsa. I'm talking about sharing your story, sharing your hurts, sharing your your dreams, sharing your, your goals. Hey, everybody, listen to me. All of us have problems. And it's so much better when we have a safe place to share it. Well, what, do you, what, what are you expecting me to share? You You just probably want me to share the good. Yeah, we want to hear the good. What about the bad? We want to hear the bad. What about the ugly? Yeah, we want to hear the good, bad, and ugly. You don't want to hear my ugly. It's ugly. We want to hear it because I want to be able to share mine with you. When you come to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you belong in the household of faith. And I want to come against, I pray against, and I speak against that mentality of that funny little story I read right out of the newspaper, that funny little story that Christians not allowing Christians to have a safe place. We're just a couple weeks away. The first week, first week of September, we'll start our next 10-week semester of small groups and I'm, I'm pushing you, I'm pulling you, I'm praying it over you. Get into a small group. Get into a small group. It's amazing what God can do over a cup of coffee, on a bike ride, shooting ski, playing golf, doing a Bible study. It's amazing what God can do in a heart Whenever you're just alone with a few good people and you feel like you can share things in a safe environment, no one's going to judge you. They're not going to throw a rock at you with the word hallelujah on it. Nothing like that's going to happen. People are just going to understand you're real just like me. I'm real just like you. And we both need a Savior. And we both are, are, are lavished by the grace of God. And you can encourage one another and bless one another. Over 21 days. I need you to start praying right now about being in a small group. You need to start right now praying about it. Because some of you, you've been in this church five years and you've never been in a small group. And you wonder why that you you feel isolated sitting in your church, but yet you're not connected to anybody. When's the last time you've been to lunch with somebody in the church? When's the last time you've taken a little mini trip with somebody in the church? When's the last time that you did some barbecuing in the backyard with someone from the church? It matters who you're doing life with. And the truth be known, it's a choice. Everyone say it's a choice. Whose choice? Everybody say it's my choice. Let me give you scripture. Ephesians 4 says, make every effort. You make every effort. Ephesians 4 verse 3. You make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. You make the effort. Choose to belong. Learn to share. Thirdly and finally today, make this choice over prayer, everybody. Y'all ready for it? To be devoted like family. Be devoted like family. Jeff, if you'll come help me close today. Be devoted like family. Let's say this word out loud kinship we've kind of dabbled with membership we've kind of dabbled with with uh, friendship but there's a whole nother level when you get to this place called kinship because now we're rolling like family <laughs> tell y'all something kind of funny that happened to me one time I was at one of our public schools and uh it was not my, my kid's school, it was at another school, but there was just, man, there was probably a thousand people at this school, and we were all gathered there for, for a meeting. And as I walked in, someone way up the bleachers, right there in public, right there, I mean, we're not at church, man. And, and I, it, it was completely in the community, and somebody said, hey, brother Tommy. And you talk about embarrassing. Don't call me brother. You want, I better move on. But do you know why people started that? Because they really do mean well. Because a lot of people, they have their biological family, right? Mom, dad, siblings, grandparents, aunts and uncles, nieces, and nephews. They've got their blood family, Charles. But when they come to Jesus, they leave that family because sometimes they're the only one in their family that has given their heart to Jesus. And there's so much theology here. You become grafted into the family of God. And somewhere, somebody was sitting around, maybe with some communion, a little bit too much of it. And they thought it'd be cool to call each other brother, sister. But it means so well. You don't have to call me brother. But I would love for you to be devoted like family. Charles, come up here with me real quick. I'm going to embarrass you a little bit today. Come up here with me. I want you to stand. I'm going to put you on the spot. This is my golfing buddy. I'm going to put you on the spot. And if you don't know the exact Time, You don't have to beat yourself up. Because I'm going to really put you on the spot. You're going to have to forgive me for doing this to you. How many years you and Miss Pam been married? Should I ask Pam? Ten years. How many? Ten, Ten years. <laughs> whoa, whoa. Okay, to hold up. Hold up. Hold. You need to stop talking. Listen to your attorney. Because I'm about to be your divorce attorney. It's one thing to miss your anniversary by like a week, but you just missed it by five years, bro. We got trouble. We're going to have counseling set up for y'all. I'm going to pay for it. We're going to work through this. <laughs> Holy moly, that's trouble. <laughs> I have messed this illustration up. All right, how long have you been married for real, Pam? Ten years? Now, now, now you need to repent for lying. Man, this whole family's in trouble. I did this man's wedding. I officiated this wedding. And so many people are so sweet. When I do a wedding, it's just the blessings of God. It's the kindness of people. Most of the time, they're so generous, and they'll, they'll you know, give an offering, for lack of better words. And this man gave me a dozen golf balls. Score. So he and I have got this connection with Golf. But then, things got real, because that was pretty superficial. Give the preacher some golf balls, everything's going to be cool. And then alcoholism set in. Other choices that none would be proud of. But then this relationship turned real because we went from golf to faith. I did that wedding just knowing there's a handle I can grab a hold of. The handle's just, I'm going to do the wedding. If that's all I get, I got the handle to do the wedding. And guess what's going to happen from there? Now over time, I'm going to be able to get closer I'm going to be able to get closer cuz sometime he's going to need me. We'll 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 shoot the breeze about golf, we'll talk about who we like, who we don't like about golfers and all that, but I knew that something was coming. And then he decided to give his heart to Jesus. why are you talking about this? I'm just, I'm talking about family. We're not related, but I wasn't going to miss his mama's funeral for anything. As I stood there in that chapel service about 45 minutes from here as we laid his mother to rest. Since then, I'll put you on the spot. How many days you've been sober? 23 months sobriety. You can slide in and slide out all you want. But you're never going to get anything out of it. Can you go to heaven without a church? You better believe it. A church has never saved anybody. Some people are lost over church problems. Don't put your trust in churches. But I can guarantee you this much, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. You need to belong. And you need to do it through prayer. You need to pray about this for 21 days. And you need to come into this family because you're going to need somebody like Charles one day. You know why? Because they laid to rest a child. A special needs child. I had the honor of doing Tyrell's funeral. And last small group semester, they led a grief share small group. It's all intertwined, everybody. It's all intertwined. Only Jesus can save you. Only Jesus. But the church will play a role in keeping you. But you have to choose to be in it to be connected to it. He never misses a men's night. He never misses a service. God knows he don't miss our men's golf group. Where are you at, Pastor Tommy? I'm the only one out here. Well, Charles, I can't make it. Well, I'm playing. Go, baby, go. I'm just trying to talk about kinship today. There's membership. It's needed. There's friendship. Friendship which is healthy. But then if you ride this thing long enough and you get your roots deep enough, you get to experience kinship when you're not even related. Some of you need this. This is what you're missing. And this is why things haven't changed yet in your dynamic. I'm fixing to offer you something that's going to change your life forever. But I need you to bow your heads. Thank you, Charles. I'm fixing to offer you something today that money can't buy. I'm fixing to offer you something that will last beyond your lifespan; It will go into eternity. I'm fixing to offer you this. Number one, the forgiveness of your sins by Jesus Christ. Be thinking about this because just in about two minutes, I'm going to ask you if you're ready to give your heart to Jesus. Second thing I'm going to offer you today is a place to connect. It's not going to be next week or next month. It's going to be today. You need to make the decision today to connect to this local house. This is a healthy church. We're not perfect because I am in it. We're not a perfect church because the person next to you is in it. We're not perfect, but we're healthy. And I'm going to give you a chance to connect to it starting right now today. We're going to feed you. We're going to bless your children. And we're going to get you connected. So first thing I'm going to offer you is eternal life through Jesus. The second thing I'm going to offer you is a fresh new start in a local church that will make this school year better than you've ever thought it would be. Here we go, everybody. Get ready. Every eye closed and every head bowed. If you need to give your heart to Jesus Christ, you need to make him the Lord and Savior of your life. You need him to forgive you of your sins and give you a fresh new start in your spirit and soul. Lift your hand. Don't think about it another minute. Lift it up high. I want to pray over you. Quickly, lift them up. I see you there. I see you there. I see you in the center. Four, five, I see you in the back. Six there, seven here, eight there. Nine on the front row, ten, eleven. Is there anyone else before I pray? Today. Is the day that you give your life to Jesus and you start a new uh, start a new path. Prayer partners, I just need about two of you down here to help me with some fresh start books in just a moment after I pray. We're not gonna do an altar call. I just need fresh start books ready. Here we go, everybody that has your hand up. I'm gonna pray over you, okay? You're gonna give your life to Jesus. You're gonna give your life to Jesus. Second thing, if you're ready to have a fresh start in a local house, a healthy church that you're ready to go into a school year with committing to put some roots down and give your children something that they desperately need. Moms and dads, I'm speaking to you today. If you're ready for it, I want you, as soon as I finish praying, I want you to come straight down to the front and we're going to lead you to a free lunch and some discussion about how to make this thing better for you and your family. Here we go. Dear Lord Jesus, these are my words, and I'm only simply saying them, God, to encourage these that have their hand up. By faith, they will agree with these words, and they'll make them themselves. These are are hearts that belong to you. They're not mine. I simply have the privilege and pleasure of leading them now. Dear Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin. (coughs) I have sin in my heart, and I need you to forgive me of it. I've been holding on to things for a long time that I need to get rid of. I need you in my life. (laughs) I'm lost and wandering around in circles without you. I'm confused without you. But my faith is in you and you alone right now. And I've heard the word of God today and I've been stirred and I'm moved. And I'm inspired to call on your name. So right now, if you had your hand up, call on the name of Jesus. Dear Lord, cleanse me. Forgive me. Come into my life. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. And I start a relationship with you, God, and I will not turn back from you. You gave your best for me, and I'm here to give you the very best I've got. I give you my life. Lead me from this point on to what's next for me. I place my confidence in you in Jesus' name. I see tears falling on cheeks right now. That's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is washing you and forgiving you. Just receive that love of the Holy Spirit right now. Don't, don't try to turn that emotion off. That's the love of God. He loves you so much. He's pulling at your heart. He's pulling at your family. He's trying to show you there's a better way. In the name of Jesus. For these that are here today, God, in closing, that are looking for a fresh beginning with a local house that's healthy and friendly and wants the best for them, I ask you, God, for them to not look at their schedule, not to overcomplicate this. But let them come quickly to the front of this church and say, We're ready to go all in to create a great life for our family. We're ready for family kinship in Jesus' name. And let everybody say a big amen. 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 If you had your hand up today, I've had my friends join me in the front, and we have one of these fabulous books. It's called Fresh Start. We want to place it in your hands. We don't need your name. We're not asking you for anything. We just want to give it to you, let you go home, and start a new beginning in Jesus Christ. Can we give it up for all these that raised their hand today in prayer? Okay, everybody. Let's start our growth track. Who's ready to go into the fall with us starting a whole new life? Come down quickly. Come down to get your Fresh Start books. Come down, get ready to go eat lunch with me. God bless